welcome friends um this was an absolute bonkers weekend for football matches we our group chat was absolutely blowing up it was amazing we loved every second of it super excited to get to this pod so we can talk about it as always i am with my goodest of friends andrew andrew how are you doing today doing fabulous um you're right it was an absolute madness of a weekend um results we couldn't have predicted results we didn't predict things we got totally wrong um and i'm pretty sure that i definitely affected some of those matches (laughs) you and your jinxing it was incredible uh we'll definitely get to that um i believe we probably remember most of the matches that you jinxed along the way i mean i did yes maybe i can also just go look at our text group it's like five long we could just go look (laughs) at the text as well well, we'll get to all of those games. It was a super exciting weekend, as we said. But first, we just want to make a quick statement uh, about what's going on with the Spanish footballing world. Uh, for all of you who don't, who aren't aware, the president of the Spanish Football Federation um, is essentially just an atrocious person. He's an, a horrible human being. Uh, we want to express our firm condemnation of behaviors that have violated the dignity of women, specifically against Jenny Hermoso. We also want to express our support of the Spanish women's national team for their actions in support of Hermoso and their further action of refusing to play under the current leaders. Prior to this World Cup starting, there was a petition signed by 15 players of the squad, I believe, who did not want to play under the coach. And 14 of those 15 players did not rescind their signatures and they actually did not go to the World Cup. Spain did win. Uh, We're very happy for the players, but we're very sad about the situation around them and the team and that now the that federation and that coach are allowed to call themselves world champions, even though they are absolute shit humans. (laughs) I mean, you're you're definitely not wrong. And yes, we I think Mateo and I vehemently despise those types of actions. Um, specifically the ones that we're talking about right now. Um, The effect is a lot greater than just one in two people. And it's something that we we don't support and we are in support of Jenny and the Spanish women's national team. Absolutely. And from there, we're going to do a, a smooth, cool transition into our matches of the weekend. And there... We just need to figure out which of these stupid transitions uh, we're going to use. We're going to go with that one. Uh, Andrew, I don't know if you could hear that because you also still can't hear our theme song. Oh, no sound for me. If there is anyone out there who wants to just make us a theme song, we will buy you a beer. I don't know how hard it is to write one of these. I'm assuming really difficult. It, it can be an expensive beer. Maybe I'll ask... Um... Micah, my friend in Scotland, if he can write like a 20 second goofy little theme song for us, because I mean, considering he's a musician. Maybe we would love that. Um, Love to hear it. Honestly, I don't even have to like give any edits or comments. I will just gladly accept whatever he throws our way. (laughs) It might just be a big Uh, drum fill. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Still better than what we've been doing. JK Riverside, we love you. Please don't drop us. Our our this. record this past weekend, Andrew, it was not good. We both went five. I and mean, five. that's that's not bad. That's even. I mean, I'm not happy We're with not it relegated. for myself. I don't. I don't oh, know no. if too soon. I don't know if you're happy <laughs> losing half the time. You can keep your losing record over there where you live. I want my winning record. I still have an overall winning record. You do not. You do. Maybe maybe you should root for the little guys more often. Then you wouldn't be at the bottom of the table. Rooting for the little guys is not why Everton's at the bottom of the table. (laughs) They are at the bottom of the table for so many reasons, which we will discuss later. But first, we're going to talk about Bournemouth and Tottenham. Tottenham 2, Bournemouth nil. Yeah, I mean, Tottenham are on fire, doing fine. I mean, I don't know. 
Well, I mean, what they've Inferno. won two games. Lost Heating one. up. No, they literally played Bournemouth. Bournemouth were like a hair's breadth away from being relegated last season. They beat them two zero. Good for them. But it's the um, way I they remember, did it. I, the style of play. It wasn't that impressive, at least not to me. I didn't I watch was the very, game and go, "Oh, this is amazing." I loved the offensive flow of this team. The way the team plays through Madison, they're not worried about setting it up to a central striker to do all the scoring for them. They literally can't right now because their striker doesn't even, I think it's his first (laughs) time playing this sport. He has one goal for them in a year and three games in the Premier League. He has Mm -hmm. less goals than another former Everton player. Uh, Gordon has one goal this year already. Which means Gordon and Richarlison <laughs> have the same number, except oh wait, Gordon had an extra four last year. So really, maybe, just maybe, Tottenham should sign Gordon instead of Richarlison. I mean, maybe maybe Anne should stop playing Richarlison and like put him on the bench. If Richarlison didn't cost so much money, I think. I think he would have been on the bench by now, or at least came off as a sub. He could be a super sub. People love super subs. I mean, they do. Kane, or not Kane, Son has been, was used as a super sub for a little while. At, yeah, remember when he... Points, uh, like maybe a season or two ago. Remember, I think it was last season he got benched, and then he came in the game and scored like two goals. Yeah, I mean, you never know. If, if, he, if geez, how many ifs? When... Richarlison is playing as he is, which is basically not playing. Then Anne should put him on the bench. Maybe it'll light a fire in his little tuchus. I hope so. He he looks visibly frustrated, and he's he looks like he's disappointed in himself. I'm I'm sure he is. He is a better player than what he's been showing, or at least he used Definitely. to be. And you know, like with every game that goes by, that he doesn't score the pressure only keeps accumulating he's not exactly turning into a diamond with all this pressure on him more like charcoal (laughs) (laughs) and i think at some point he will get benched um i think Inge is not afraid to do it and obviously his system works he Mm -hmm. did not sign richarlison or he at least he wasn't coached when richarlison got signed so he's probably not that connected to the player and I want to give him so much credit for changing the culture of this club. They lost their best player and honestly their best all-time player for the club. Yeah. To a transfer. Yep. He we've seen multiple coaches come through Tottenham and we always thought it was a culture problem at the club and that's why they weren't winning. But Ange comes in and all of a sudden he's like, "Whoa, whoa, we're going to do things my way. We're going to do things the correct way." And Ange Ball is working. I mean, it is working. He's also not a self-absorbed, like, kind of ass, like Conte and Mourinho That's are. That's true. That's true. Um, he Ange is a humble he, dude. I mean, he, he has from to... Celtic. Right. He has what something <laughs> to prove that the uh, that the his the previous people did not. I don't even think he has anything to prove. He, I mean, he won the treble with Celtic last season. Everyone thought he was going to stay and try and do it again, but money, money talks, and I guess so does a new challenge. I mean, a treble is a treble, no matter where you are. So it's like, what else can he really do there? Yeah, at some point, you you know, just move on to the next competition, the next big challenge in life. I don't really have much more about this. At Tottenham, the next two matches are away at Arsenal and then home to Liverpool. Those are going to be some good tests for Angeball, and yes. I'm really excited for these matchups. Yeah, me too. Those are those are going to be like the first true. Well, I thought United was going to be a true test of Arsenal or Tottenham, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Let's go on to the next match. Let's talk about Arsenal Fulham. Talk about Arsenal going back to their old ways. Fulham going up in the first minute of this match. Terrible back pass from Saka. No idea what was going on through his head. I mean, credit to the Fulham player Pereira for taking advantage of the opportunity. Ramsdale was a bit off balance and just slotted into the back of the net, slotted it near post. 
it was a really nice finish actually and he he wasn't that close to the net so it did take some finessing arsenal had so many opportunities to score in this match so many balls were being played across the middle they just had a hard time introducing the ball to the back of the net <laughs> you know it, the relationship right. just wasn't there that wasn't there in the first half I mean, sometimes it just isn't there. We've known plenty of other teams who have a bad relationship with the ball in the net. But I mean, yeah, what is this Arsenal from 22-23? Like, they gave they gave up a lead very early. And then, guess what? They had to come from behind. And then they lost the lead again. <laughs> Saka tied it up in the 70th minute with a penalty. And mm-hmm. possible momentum shift. And it was, right? Arsenal scored almost immediately after the penalty. Two minutes later, beautiful ball into the box, take a 2-1 lead. And Fulham had a player sent off. You thought it was over. I'm sure all the Arsenal fans were like, this is an amazing comeback. And they were wrong. 87. They were so wrong corner for Fulham they tie up the game home fans were stunned I would say it was silent except those Fulham fans made so much noise credit to them believing in their team cheering them on it was a lot of fun um, as a non-Arsenal fan to watch this game Uh, yeah I mean I believe we call that a neutral We we Um, do call that a neutral, and I'm going to be a lot of neutraling next year. You won't be doing a lot of neutraling. We've already discussed the jinxing. Um, But no, credit to Fulham. I mean, yeah, they scored, I think, the 87th minute, but they were, yeah, they were down to 10 men. They got an equalizer, rescued a point, as we know, from this weekend, and Arsenal comebacks are not for everyone. (laughs) I don't really have much else about this. Arsenal screwed the pooch on this one. Yep. Everyone has an off day. That's fine. But they really should have taken advantage once they were up a man late in the second half. That's where I think they're going to need to get some grittiness, being able to grind out some games. I don't know if that's where they're going to miss a Jaka. Perhaps he was a bit more important than we gave him credit for. And we'll just kind of have to see over the course of the season how they deal with, with that loss. Their back four isn't really well-defined yet. It feels like Arteta's still mm-hmm. kind of playing around with it, seeing who fits best. And the back four is really some a, a squad that needs chemistry. Not only do they have to be in line with themselves and when to press up high, when to drop back, but they also have to be able to play with the midfielders that are in front of them. So the left back has to be able to play well with the left midi. There's... A lot going on, and Arteta seems to still be playing with that, which is really what the offseason should have been for. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. You know who else he's playing with? Havertz. <laughs> you know who else Kai Havertz sucks for Arsenal? Havertz. <laughs> you know what you know Havertz? Cost them? I think he was overrated dollars this whole time. <laughs> I think Havertz was overrated this entire time. He was... I didn't like the, that addition. I did like the addition of Declan Rice but he's more of a defensive midi, so he's not really going to be helping much in the offensive standpoint. And it's going to take him some time to... I think it'll take him a while to fit in with this club as that yeah. uh, transition point between the defense and the offense. Agreed. But you know what? Again, good job for Fulham. Yeah. They did a very oh, good job. Was, what? Does it... Was it Tim Ream that got the red card? No, it was... I have it right here. Uh, it was no, Bossy. he gave up the penalty. Oh, Bossy. Okay. Well, never mind. Yeah, it was Bossy. Um, don't really have I much more for, for this. Crystal Palace? So, I do have some, some fun things here. Uh, Brentford, they have scored six goals so far this season, which is tied for four, fourth best, which is pretty good, actually. There were some concerns heading into the season with the loss of Ivan Tony due to his gambling issues. He is gone for half the season. Please seek help if you have a gambling addiction. And 
if you if you do gamble, please never follow any of Andrew's advice. Three guys so far have scored and gamble all six. Responsibly. Three guys have scored six, <laughs> all six goals for this team so far this season. Seems like they're making up for the loss of Ivan Tony. And who knows? Maybe when Tony comes back, this team's offensive firepower is going to be too much for over half the league. They were Brentford was a good team last year. They did very well yeah. on the table. They finished eighth or ninth, I believe. And ninth, who yeah. knows? Maybe they could push for sixth. I mean, they were only three points off of making European football last season. Exactly. And know. they've only seemed to gotten better since last year, honestly. Crystal Palace is a bit concerning, though. They've only scored twice so far this season. They definitely need to be able to find their offensive flow better. They did lose Zaha to a team in Turkey, I believe. Galatasaray, I believe. Yeah, so Turkey. He he only oh, scored yeah. eight goals for them last season, which, granted, is more than any of the goal scorers for Chelsea last season. But I big think butt. Was, big butt. But he still was important for them. They really looked for him. They were huge on those counterattacks. Crystal Palace is right now destined to finish somewhere in the bottom half of the table. They they might need to be on relegation watch if they're having this many issues scoring. We already know the bottom spot of the table is going to be taken up by Everton. So really, it's the two other spots that are going to be fought for. I think we're going to have another fun relegation battle this year. Brentford, I think they could fight for that European spot. I'm not sure if they're actually going to get it. I think this league is so top-heavy. With like six teams, all and, fighting yeah. for your for Europe, I think it'll be really exciting though. Yeah, I mean, just yeah on the Zaha front, I say big butt because he was he may not have scored a lot, but he did like have like very crucial part in the team. Like he was probably one of their most dangerous players as far as attacking goes, speed goes, getting the ball up into the attacking third all the time. The man, I was always scared of him when, like, United played against him because he's so fast he's and so smart. Fast. His, um, I mean, honestly, I'm sad that he left the Premier League. I think that a, a top team could have picked him up and probably done pretty well with him. I was sad he left all major, like top five leagues. He went to Turkey. They do have a, I mean, Galatasaray. They do, you know, they're in Champions League. They're good, essentially every year. But it would have been nice to see him Premier League, Italian League. La Liga, Bundesliga, at least some big league that we could watch more frequently. I mean, yeah, I would say more of the, yeah, watch more frequently. Because, yeah, I mean, Turkey has some, like, good teams. They do. I have nothing else for this team, though. Do you have anything else about that match? No. All right. Next week, I guess we got to talk about Everton nil. Wolverhampton one. Would you like to start? You lo- no, I'm going to let you start because say, I have so much no, no, to go no, off. No. no, I was going to say, do you want to? Well, would you like me to ask my three questions? <laughs> what are your three questions? First one was, do we even talk about this game? <laughs> yes. What's the next okay. question? Uh, does Deitch make it through the winter break? I am very worried that he will be the first manager fired this season. And it will not be his fault whatsoever. But someone has to take the blame. And it's not going to be the ownership. It'll be Deich. Yeah. I mean, it's always the coach that takes the blame. But, I mean, right now we do have one, two, three, four teams without any points. Um, And how many without goals? Oh, Jesus. I didn't realize you guys haven't scored yet. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Luton and Burnley have only scored one. Sheffield, Bournemouth... Wolves, they've all only scored two. So like Sheffield got a goal on Man City. They did, and it was a scary one for City. <laughs> right. Let's focus on this. What's your third question? Is Everton the first team confirmed for relegation? <laughs> you want to know my fun fact for today? Remember how I told you I have a fun stat for Everton? Yeah. Yes. So I last week we said we didn't know the earliest that a team has ever officially been relegated. True. I Do found you know the this answer. now. <laughs> 2008, Derby County. They were officially relegated on March 29th. I did not look up which match day weekend this was. 
They finished in 2008. 2008. They finished that season with a whopping 11 points. They only had one win. Holy shit. Oh yeah, no, let me let me just let me just keep going. I I went deep. I went deep dive. Okay. 20 goals scored. 89 goals scored against. They won one match. They had 8 draws. 29 losses. There has actually only been one Premier League team that has had less points than Derby County. It was in the 93-94 season. Swindon Town. They had five points. But that team doesn't count as the first, like the earliest confirmation of relegation. Because in those days, they played 42 matches. So that wasn't even Mm -hmm. the modern Premier League as we know it. So I'm not counting them. Interesting. Did you also know that in that same year that Darb, uh, I think, that, yeah, that they got relegated at, with 11 points. Champions League was only given to spots one and two. <laughs> glad, glad I never had to be concerned far, about that. Look how far away, look how far we've come. Yeah, now the top eight teams are in Europe. So those are my facts 69 about... 69 goals differential. They had negative 69. I think Everton can beat that. Everton's already at negative six. In three matches. They had 89, 89 goals scored against him. Well, Everton's got to score one to even like start the negativity. I'm not even sure Everton makes it to double-digit points because the only way they're doing that is to draw 10 matches at 0-0. I mean... This team is hey, in shambles. Remember last season when you won some like pretty big games? This team is in absolute shambles. <laughs> the ownership may be the worst ownership in the entire Premier League. And that's beating no. the Glazers. No, it doesn't. Nothing beats the Glazers. No, they do because this club spent so much money, are now in financial fair play issues, might actually get points deducted, which is really hard to do when you're at zero. And you know who else should get points deducted? City. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen because City probably gives too much money to the people at the top. Everton doesn't have that money. We already spent it on a bunch of terrible signings over lots of years. And now we can't spend any money to sign any new players because the owners are like, we already gave you guys money. You spent it on shit. And you know what? We did. It didn't work out. And now we are absolutely fucked. There's no hope for this team. None. Nilch. They'd have a better shot if they simmed the rest of their season like in FIFA. Jesus. Maybe they should hire you as the coach. You'll come and like make them cry. That's fine. This team is a true. They may be the worst Premier League team we've seen in a decade and a half. A decade and a half. Well, nothing, you can't be, well, 13 years. Yeah. No, look, Everton, straight to relegation. I'm calling it right now. Let me look up which weekends are in March. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to um, pick a date. The same weekends as every year? You know who won the Premier League the same year as, as Derby got 11 points? Man United. Congratulations. All right. Weekend of March 17th. They're getting relegated. They will be relegated by the end of that weekend. Confirmed. Put it on the calendar. All right. Here's one thing I'm looking at, though, really quickly. If we're looking at the last, like, five, six seasons. Oh, except for that one. Never mind. I take it back. I'm putting it on my Google calendar right now. Jesus Everton will be relegated. 11 a.m. How Eastern many points time. are they going to have? Four. Wow. All right. Ground there sleepers. is no you hope keep, for this team. Keep track of that. Our number one, quote-unquote, stri- number one striker can't even stay healthy. He does. He does get injured by the wind quite often. Well, I guess he did break his face. That kind of hurts. If it's, 
If it's not his face, it's his knee. If it's not his knee, it's his hamstring. If it's not his hamstring, it's his entire body. Oh, speaking of hamstrings, quick tangent. Did you see what Real Madrid did to, Vin- to Vinny Jr. this weekend? No. Apparently, he pulled up from a run with like obvious pain in his like hamstring. They like sat him down. They literally to like, I don't know what compress the hamstring muscle or something. Put like some tape around it and put him back out on the field. About ten minutes later, he goes down. It has to be carried off the field, and now he's out for months. It sounds about right. <laughs> also, on a side tangent, Hazard announced retirement. Officially, that's what uh, that was the latest report I saw. Apparently, All right, look out, look out, Burger Kings. <laughs> apparently, there were some <laughs> clubs that were interested in him, but he said he uh, allegedly he he would rather just retire at this point, which is fine. Anyways, back to this. Um, I have no further notes on Everton I, or or Wolves. I don't have any ever. I don't have any notes either. Just the questions that I wanted you to answer. Was your entire note session just let Mateo talk? <laughs> no, I had three questions. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to feel so bad for Sean Deitch. He's he's a good manager. He just he has nothing to work with. Maybe he'll get maybe he'll get fired then someone else will get fired and then he'll go coach them and get them up to like mid table. I hope for him. All right, we're going to move on to the next match. United 3, Nottingham Forest 2. Oof. Would Oof. Oof. Would would you like to start? Would you like questions asked? Oof. How do you want to handle this action? Um, I can, I can start by saying, "Woof!" I almost turned off the TV after like ten minutes. I was, this, I was, this is not a mentally, this was not a game I was mentally prepared for when it started. <laughs> I didn't even have this match on yet because I was taking care of something else, and I just got a text from you and Tom about this, <laughs> and I <laughs> had to run to the TV to oh see what God. was happening. Okay, here's the thing. Let's start off with some, like, tactical things. Okay. Okay. One, Ten Hag put in Erickson instead of Mount. Mount is injured. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Erickson's in. Erickson got put in for where Mount played. Yeah, true. So, love that decision. I love Erickson, so play him. Two, Rashford starting on the left side. Do you remember which friend on this pod said that Rashford, Rashford should be on the left side and not by himself up top? It was this friend. I mean, over here. He, it was Mateo. Obviously. <laughs> Ten Hag, he listens to this podcast. He's a big friend, friend of the pod. Big friend. With that being said, Forrest came prepared for this match. They scored twice within the first four minutes. You know that moment? In Mario Kart, we're clearly the better racer, and your opponent keeps getting blue turtle shells, and you get really pissed off and mad and annoyed and sad and a lot of other emotions running through you. That felt like United getting dumped on by Forrest in the first four minutes. You had no idea what was happening. Red turtle shells were flying at you. The blue shows were coming through. You had a wall of bananas in front of you. You couldn't even drive away. It was and awful. Literally every forest player had the star. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I could two goals and like I think it was literally like four and a half minutes, and I was just like, oh boy. Your defense, I have seen wet single ply toilet paper hold together better. <laughs> Than your defense. Yeah, we are not the walls of Bossing Say. You are not the walls of Bossing Say. That is correct. Speaking of that, I have questions. Of Bossing Say? Yeah, I've been watching it. <laughs> You've been watching Avatar? Yeah, I'm on like season two. Okay, what's up? I don't get the hype. What's the hype? We're moving on. I'm not even going <laughs> to fall for that. No. That that's a hot take. <laughs> it's not a fall for it. Not not going for that. We're going back to this game. Okay. Can I just say the second goal? <laughs> Bowley's goal. The header. Oh my god. He didn't even jump. The forest player he literally stood there. Planted himself like a tree. 
<laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> and just let the ball hit his head and go into the goal. Sturdy like a redwood. It was the easiest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was. And then the, on the opposite side, there was Casemiro. <laughs> who missed an flailed like right? a fish out of water, which I guess is appropriate for the, this match because there was so much rain coming down. Everyone was absolutely soaked, but that was Casemiro <laughs> was hilarious. There definitely wasn't rain in this game. Yeah, there was. Was there? Yeah. I don't remember there being any rain. Anyway, it doesn't that's really it just doesn't matter. I don't, know, I don't remember England. there being just rain. assume there's rain. Anyways, Probably. Rashford, Erickson, 17th minute, they connected for a goal, cut force lead in half. Casemiro then misses Thank opportunity because he's flailing like a fish. But then the 52nd minute, he made up for it. Rashford with a great pass to Fernandez. Fernandez heading the ball back across the goal. And then Casemiro almost messing up, didn't mess up. Oh my God. I Let, literally, he made sure that, that ball met the back of the net. It was incredible. Oh what were your emotions at this time? Um, I almost shit my pants when Casemiro touched the ball because I legitimately thought he was going to put it wide. <laughs> it looked like, like I it had was. A, I had a moment of panic, and I was like, oh, my God, he really is about to miss this. I've never seen a player in so many good opportunities look so scared every single time the ball comes his way. I mean, he's, he's still um, getting back his, into his fitness. <laughs> you have been on his fitness. I mean, so he doesn't. he just doesn't look like the same, like – aggressively fast, intense player that he, that he did last season. He's old. Um, he's not that old. What is he, 31, 32? I mean, he was a friggin' maniac last season. I want to see the maniac back. But either way, that set play uh, for that goal was incredible. That was like, could not have been more off the training ground. Fernandez looked like he made a mistake with that initial pass to Radford, Rashford. I mean, I thought it was, but then Rashford tipped it over to him, and I was like, all right, this was definitely like planned. 100%. It was an immediate Too good. immediate connection. The other free kick that Fernand- Bruno definitely messed up in the second half, got tripped right outside remember. the box, tried playing it short too. I forget who that was. Oh, that guy was yeah. clearly not ready for the ball and it ended up just being a goal kick. Who? Oh, now I'm trying to – was it – oh, it was Dallow. Is that who it was? It was yeah, Diogo Dallo. Like, oh my gosh, you knew. Like, honestly, if he would have been ready, that was a goal, hundred percent. Oh yeah, Dallo was actually pretty good at shooting. Almost a guaranteed goal, but clearly was not ready for it. I mean, from that distance, you would have thought Bruno would Most shoot that. Make it. You well, you would have thought Bruno would shoot that. The direct kick. I was very surprised by that. Um, but I mean, it surprised wasn't the, everyone. It wasn't a wrong decision. He just he he just put it too far in front of his teammate. I don't even think honestly. I don't even know if they communicated it or if just Dallow wasn't looking when he went for it. I don't know. Definitely some but kind yeah. of miscommunication. But all that really matters is that United got, got the, w. the win. You got the three points. It wasn't <sighs> pretty. I do have one concern after this match about United. I have concerns. Um, I'm concerned about your depth. Hey, that's what I put. Because I feel that the team that started this match is going to have to be the same squad that plays every single match, and you can't do that over an entire season. I mean, considering we have how many players that just keep getting injured? Varane's injured, Mount's injured, Shaw's injured, Holland is injured. Um, I feel like there's more. And then... We have, we did very good at the start of the season or start of the like summer window signing players. We were able to get three pretty, like pretty quick. Oh yeah. Malassia is injured. That's another one. Um, but it's like now that we're trying to sign players that we need or that we've wanted to sign for backup defenders, backup central players, all of a sudden we're not doing it because a are, we're not getting like outgoing deals done. I don't know what the issue is. Just sell them. Stop being like so high and mighty hoity-toity about it. Just fucking sell the player. I'm also talking about Harry Maguire. This motherfucker needs to leave the team. Oh, my God. 
He he literally did. I'm pretty sure that's why because like I think he know, wants he, to ride the bench. I mean, I think that if he if he left, he a wouldn't be making as much, and United would have to like pay him a pretty hefty chunk of money if he gets signed by another team. But I just want him to be off the team. He literally, if he plays, it's like having it's like having a man. It's like having a red card. He's it's quite worse, literally because he's, he's in quite the literally space. a moron. That's true. He actually is doing worse than You'd he's basically just another player out. for the other team. Ask Liverpool. <laughs> Oh, fuck. I mean, you might as well be. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily know because the depth issue is a thing. But now we're we're still trying to sign players. Apparently, we're in the market for. We're still in the market for Amrabat from Fiorentina. Apparently, we're looking at Kukurea on loan. We're looking at Serge Regulon on loan. Apparently, we're trying to go for a um, Hoiberg, Horbier from Tottenham. Like now that we have so many players injured right at the beginning of the season and because we couldn't get people signed it towards the end of the like towards like the before the start of the season, now we're basically doing what we do best, and that's just panic by players. At least there isn't some drawn out long saga this time like you've had for the past few years between like Sancho and Ronaldo. That took true what felt like thirty years to sign each player. I mean true. I still hope that we do the McTominay, Grava, whatever, Gravovich, Gravovich swap with you guys. Maybe we'll see. That's a whole other story because Pavard is trying to leave, but Bayern doesn't. No, he's, want to let... he's here. I think he's here. We go to Inter. He wants to go to Inter. No, but... I think he got like here we go by Fabrizio. Oh, did he? I think it's confirmed. I, don't know. I was waiting to get the updates on that because we were supposed to also sign him. <laughs> yeah, Bayern didn't want to let him go until they had a the backup guy ready to go. Which yeah. is so annoying when teams do that because if a guy doesn't want to play for you, just let him go, take the money and let him use go. It. And then you can get somebody else. It's not like you're gonna have like a short shortage of players wanting to play for Bayern. Like get out exactly. of here. And we also have a, a pretty decent academy. Yeah, you do have a very good academy. Do you have anything else about United Enforced? Um just that United need to get their shit together and sign players. Do you think Ten Hag is going to be on the hot seat soon? Well, there's your, here we go. Yeah. Um, in the hot seat, no. It's We're three games in. We're 2-0 and 1. Like, we're, we're not doing any kind of terrible. All right. Um, we're not, this is not the start of last season. <laughs> True. Brighton, 1 West oh, Ham fuck. three. What might be at the surprise of the weekend? Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. This is definitely the surprise of the weekend for the final result. Did we uh, yeah. underestimate the West Ham squad going into the season? You and I yes. did not really acknowledge the James Ward-Prowse signing that West Ham did. We acknowledged it last week, I believe. But going into the season, uh, yeah. you and I had not discussed it much at all. I'm not even sure if we brought it up. Obviously, West Ham lost Declan Rice, and we thought that would be a big deal or a bigger deal than it is. It yeah. turns out not to be. Apparently not. Well, you know, Declan was more of that defensive mid, and West Ham found their offensive groove. I mean, yeah, they did. Which it's funny that you say that we underestimate them because I'm pretty not. I'm pretty sure, but in my relegation predictions, it's literally West Ham. Was it two That's years ago teams. they were fighting for Europa Championship? Two years ago, didn't they win I Europa? They, they won. They won the Europa Conference League last year. Was it conference? Weren't yeah, weren't, yes, Conference League because Sevilla won uh, Europa. Right. As they always do. But I feel like a few years ago, West Ham was also fighting for Europa. I mean, I think they were in it, but they didn't like fight well, for any like trophy. As we know, Sevilla famously wins Europa, goes up the Champions League, and comes right back down to Europa and then wins. And Seven times. Seven times they've won it. They win it every other year. They do. <laughs> Anyways, back to West Ham. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the stats for West Ham's possession in their first three matches? 
um, I have a, a a line here that says um, it baffles me that the that they have such a lack of possession. <laughs> right, friends. Let's put this all in context. The first three matches for West Ham were Bournemouth, Chelsea, and Brighton. Their possession in those matches was 37%, 24%, 22%. They had literally kept decreasing the amount of time <laughs> that they have the ball per match. And they are winning. They are very efficient with their shots. They're quick on the counterattacks. I was watching a, a video today about the tactics of West Ham and how they shut down Brighton. They just didn't press. They put all their guys behind the ball. They clogged up every single lane, and they said, Brighton, we don't care if you dribble the ball and pass around <laughs> in half field. You're not going to make it into the final third. We're going to cut off every single lane that you're trying to exploit. We're not even going to let there be a lane to exploit. <laughs> and then when we finally get the ball, we're going to run so fast and so hard the other end, and we're going to put the ball in the back of the net, and that's what we're going to keep doing to you until you get so frustrated that you can't penetrate this defense. I mean, and they did it. They they have done it so well. They've done it for three straight games. Literally three straight games. And like, it's funny because we were just, I mean, I think the past three weekends, even in the preview of this like season, we were raving about how excited we are to like watch Brighton, how good they are, how like free flowing and attacking their play is from front to back. And then they just get rocked by West Ham. And not and not even like you said, not even possession. They literally had what twenty two percent, I think you said this yes, game twenty two percent. Like, uh, and they they actually had a lot of shots on goal as well. I don't know if you have the match statistics in front of you right now. Uh, I'm pulling them up. Okay, this team currently, friends, is second in the Premier League. Now, is it only three matches in? Yes, Andrew, your face says it all. Please tell our friends th- the shots for this team. For West Ham or for Brighton? You can go both. Brighton had 25 shots. West Ham had 12, 12 shots. Okay, but how many on target? 10 to 7. That's pretty close considering West Ham had 22% possession. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, considering possession wise, like that's like a that is a lot of shots, and they're more than fifty percent on frame. Um, yeah, they're very efficient. I believe their manager's name is Moyes. Yeah, David Moyes. Yeah, David Moyes, incredible manager right now. He <laughs> he's doing what? Guess who he got fired from? West Ham. No, oh, he got fired from coaching United right after at Ferguson. He was in there. Yeah, he was our first coach after Fergie era. I would never want to be the first coach after a legend. No. No matter what you do, it's never going to be good enough. Well, the beast, well, I'm curious to see who coaches City after Pep's gone. Oh, that's that's not going to be good. Uh, it'll be the Zerby. <laughs> Flick. Maybe, not with this performance. It'll be Hansi Flick. We'll come back from Germany. But yes, West Ham, they've been playing so well. You had them in relegation. So did a lot of other pundits. I mean, technically still do. Still do. I haven't changed I haven't changed it up. We can do like a mid mid year re Oh, you gonna you gonna back redo. down? Well no. I'm just saying if we want it, we can always have like a recap of our own. We can do whatever we want. This is our podcast. It is. We don't we're not run by any corporations. But if any corporations want to look into us and acquiring this podcast, <laughs> we are more than welcome to the to the table. Um, just you know how to contact us. Please follow us on any of our social medias, or you can email us at insidethegroundspod at gmail Thank you, West Ham, James Ward Prowse. This team, they're they're kind of fun to watch with their very are. sturdy defense. Talk about the walls of bossing, say. This team, and then the quick counterattack. I'm very excited to see what this team does moving forward. I don't think long-term success is sustainable with their possession stats. But it's enough to keep them out of relegation and somewhere near the middle of the table at least. Yeah. 
I mean, true. I mean, they're in second place in the Premier League right now. So I guess all they can do is go down. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to this next match. Burnley 1, Aston Villa 3. Do you have any notes for this match? All I have is, Burnley, welcome to the Premier League. It's not the championship. That's all you have. Interesting. Cool. Okay, well then, I'll, I'll go over this game. Um, As you know, in my prediction, I had Burnley winning. Um, This I was not without... Well, obviously, this, but this was not without some sort of fact or reasoning behind that choice. It wasn't just because I wanted the underdog to win. Um, and it, this is still a weird thing to me, and I don't understand why it happened. But groundskeepers, the season has started. All right, we're the we're the three three weeks in. Between week two and three, Burnley and Manchester United had a closed door friendly in the middle of the week. My question is, why is this happening? Because you're risking injuring players. Like I, I heard the United players that started and played in this game. A lot of them started and or played in the game against Forest. So I'm confused. I don't know if maybe they're trying to use these to keep a schedule together because they're going to eventually start playing in more cups and Champions League and stuff. I don't know. Seems stupid. But that is why I thought that Burnley could win against Villa because they beat United 3-0. wasn't like 1-0, 3-0. I remember when you texted me that you had inside information. Whoever gave you that inside information, you need to fire. They are not worth the money that you paid them for this terrible fake I mean, that's news. That's pretty good. In, it's not even fake news. It literally happened. Well, then you just picked the wrong team to win. <laughs> Obviously. But there were some good things I had here. I mean, even though Burnley lost, they did have like a better possession in front of goal. They just legitimately couldn't. like They didn't shoot. They didn't finish, obviously, considering they scored one goal. Um, Matty Cash for Aston Villa was incredible. He did extremely well this game. I think he was the man of the match on like a few different like pundits reviews. And I thought he did amazingly well. Um, however, after Villa's extremely poor start, I think they lost 5-1, to Newcastle at the beginning of the season. Um, they have not lost a game since. And they've had two other Premier League games and a Europa League Conference Europa Conference League qualifying game, which they won 5-0. <laughs> Aston Villa is a very good team. Every, I would say that for the past few years, I mean, they are a solid squad. They're definitely no pushover. It's why we gave them to uh, Ivrina for her team. She is also no pushover. I feel that Aston Villa doesn't really get talked about a lot because they're just kind of there. They're never going to threaten for the top four, but they're also going to make it very difficult for the top four to get there. Mm -hmm. True. Burnley's had a very rough start to the season. Uh, first week they played City, which is obviously not going to be an easy match. They didn't have a match for match week two because Luton still has to fix their YMCA stadium. Eh. They're going to have their first home game. This Friday against West Ham, I believe. It is against. I do believe West Ham it's plays them. Confirmed. Yeah. Friday at three, confirmed. It is a home game for Luton. So this will be the first Premier League match at, at a Kenilworth YMCA Road. stadium. Stop making fun of the stadium we love. It's, it's a YMCA stadium. I love the stadium, <laughs> but it's not a good stadium. <laughs> Anyways, they, and then this week they. Burnley played Aston Villa, which is not an easy opponent. Their schedule will get easier. They're not going to be playing the powerhouses every single week for the entire yeah. season. I'm interested to see what happens when they play teams who are more on their level within the Premier League, and can they be competitive against those teams? I'll be interested to see if Everton can beat Burnley or Luton. They can't. Moving on to Sheffield, <laughs> one. Man City, two. Sheffield gave City all they could handle for this match. 
Very impressive by Sheffield. Their style of play was definitely not sustainable for an entire 90 minutes when you play a juggernaut that is Man City. The only thing Man City was missing was literally their manager, Pep, who had back surgery recently and will be missing two matches. So he'll also be missing the next one for this team. Yeah. I mean, City took care of business. It was probably really good for them that they had to fight and claw their way into this, kind of keep maintaining that competitive drive that this team needs if they want to try to repeat every single thing they did last season. And Sheffield, it was a good effort. It really was. You're going to be able to take that same style and you know beat some of these other teams that are going to be battling relegation with you. Yep. But you're going to lose to the top dogs. I mean, most likely. I've seen. I I remember the last time Sheffield were in the Premier League. I think that was two or three seasons ago. They actually did pretty decent, and then it was the next year that they absolutely fucked it. Um, with there's some. I have some keys about this game. Number one, Holland missed a penalty. He did. I was so pissed for my team. My so we are team. same because every single one of us has him signed and captained. <laughs> However, we now know he's human. No, no, that was that was a trick by the cyborg. No, it's he's human. Um, no, because he other perfectly ends, hit the inside of the post for it to bounce back out, and he didn't get the rebound. No one on his team did. Anyways, moving on to my other little tidbits. Um, the goal that he did score, the Grealish assist to his header, which was very good. And if he'd missed from there, then he must he needs to get benched for the rest of the season. Um. Did you see? Did you watch this game? Uh, yeah, I saw parts of it, uh, or I guess maybe even saw in a highlight. Did you see the the quote unquote fan that like the jumped on his back? Yeah, did you hear about that? Yeah, I saw it. So, based on who this person is, I don't necessarily. I kind of think that may have been planned a little bit. Do you think he's the guy controlling the cyborg? Could be. Who knows? He may have had a remote control under his seat. I mean, it just so happens that like this random fan, like somehow easily gets over all the barriers and jumps on him. And it just happens to be a Manchester born world champion boxer. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, I mean, either way, I just thought that was kind of funny when I saw like that, like all that information about him. Um, And then the last one. When. Bogle, I think that's how you say his last name. When he scored for Sheffield, did you see the replay of that? Yeah. The absolute pinball machine where the ball hit about every player on the field before it got to him. Yeah. So when he scored, I don't know if you noticed, but the one of the Sheffield players, I believe it was number nine, maybe, maybe number eight. I don't know. Oh no, it was number number nine, McBurney. He was kind of in an offside slash like interruptive position for the keeper. But because I don't if I don't know if you remember, but when Kyle Walker gave the ball away right before yeah, Kyle that, Walker he, was like, off the field. He like slid off the field and just laid there and just yeah. watched while all this Keeping happened. Every and single so, player like, onside. He literally kept everyone onside. I like couldn't believe it. And then if you watched him, he fucking Except smashed the screen. For- yeah, he absolutely destroyed the billboard screen with a with a heel. He was so mad. But I want I want to bring back this the thing about he kept everyone on side. The rule states the second to last defender for offsides. So even though he was off the field, that just makes him the last man. Yeah. Instead of normally the goalie is the last man. Yeah. So yeah, people yeah, could yeah. still be offside even with him off the field. Kind of, yeah. Well, they weren't. So you know what? Then he was literally to blame. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. If they had lost this match or tied, or if they had not won, everything would have been on him. Even though yes. Holland missed a penalty. Yeah, Holland's human misses a penalty, but you know what? City do what they do. They win. They came back. Rodri's goal was a med- It was incredible. Yeah. And look. I was, I was just going to say, say City start with three points and three wins and nine points. Yeah. City is City. We're going to move on to the last match because we also don't want this last match is we might talk about for a bit and we don't want this pod going eight hours. Newcastle one, Liverpool two. The Newcastle manager cannot beat Klopp. Klopp has beaten him 
and 11 consecutive Premier League matches, which is the most or it's the first time a manager in Premier League history has won 11 consecutive Premier League games against another manager. This match honestly had it all. It had goals. It had quote-unquote controversial yellows. It had red cards. It had a comeback. It had a super sub. This was so exciting. First player I would like to talk about. Trent Alexander. I know who it is. I bet you. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's Trent. You know it's Trent Alexander-Arnold. Two things. One, he got a yellow card for time-wasting. I am very happy with the consistency of the referees with time-wasting and giving yellow cards for it because by the letter of the law, it should be yellow. It's very black and white. I hate these yep. pundits who are saying, oh, like, why is this a yellow, but this foul over here isn't a yellow. Time wasting is black and white. Yellow card. These players yes. need to stop flicking the ball away when a call occurs. It's unnecessary. Stop doing it. I love this point of emphasis. Me too. Trent almost got a second yellow. Should have got a second yellow. He should have gotten a second yellow. And I actually think the ref bailed him out because in the back of the ref's mind, he knew Trent was already on one and didn't want to send yeah. him off for this. And I've heard some pundits say, good, give him a little bit of a break because the first yellow was silly anyways. And you know what? I don't care if you think the yeah, first yellow cares? was silly just because you were a former player and you time-wasted. Yeah, I mean, time-wasting is something that they have absolutely needed to crack down on, especially in the last like couple of years. So I'm glad that they're really doing it this season. Same with the yellow cards for time wasting and also the increased stoppage time at the end of each half. Both are very necessary. I love it. Now, yep. to the play of Trent Alexander-Arnold. Why is Klopp still putting him at right back? He technically starts there. He plays right back on defense. But then when Liverpool has the ball, they like to move him up. He's that inverted back plays more of a central mid position. Why not just let him stay at central mid? He is a liability on defense. There's been He's many so videos bad. demonstrating teams taking advantage of Trent Alexander-Arnold and playing directly on his side. They'll play a long ball over him or just one-on-one -on -one with him. He's very easy to get by. This game proved it. Yeah. He has a right foot blessed by the gods and a yellow <laughs> foot that they forgot about. A yellow foot? A left foot that they forgot about. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't understand it. This Liverpool either needs to sign a right back, play with three in the back, or, I don't know, use your actual academy and get a right back. So yeah. many of these top clubs have just quit on their academies. I don't even know why they have them anymore. Who? I mean, I feel like... Who I, even uses that? I, I can't even think of a team who has academy players on it right now. Um, I think Phil Foden was an academy player. All right, one for 20. Um, Mason Mount used to be an academy player. True. Uh, now he's an injured player. Now he's an injured player on a different team. Yeah, there's not many, but it's always special when it... Uh, was Harry Kane? Not a clue. No, I think he started at like Sheffield or Southampton or something. Okay. I thought he was there since he was a kid. We Google that. Can you double check that out for us? Yeah. I'll, I'll keep going on about this Trent Alexander Arnold thing. Klopp, good friend of the pod. Please, please stop putting your team at risk here. Trent Alexander Arnold is put in a position where he he gets exposed every single match. Everyone sees it. It's an easy target for opposition. And it's an easy fix. Stop playing him there. So, apparently the first team he played at as a youth was Ridgeway Rovers, and then he actually went to the Arsenal Youth Academy. No way. But he got cut within a year because they thought he was a bit chubby and not very athletic. <laughs> All right, we're going we're gonna to move on. Uh, do you have any, any other thoughts on Trent Alexander-Arnold? I mean... I feel like we we hammer this home all the time. He's just a liability. He 
he's not a defensive player in my opinion. He needs like he either needs to be moved or not played there. So just get a defender. One hundred percent. Um Van Dyke got a red card for denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity in the twenty seventh minute. Very clear red. Some people were trying to defend him saying that wasn't a, it was one hundred percent a red card. Very easy. It was. And this was actually a great argument in favor of VAR because VAR could have overturned this if they saw otherwise, but they didn't. They made the correct call. This was amazing. Newcastle was up for 60 of the 90 minutes of this game. They were up one player on the pitch because this happened in the 27th minute. (laughs) Yeah. Newcastle could not take advantage of this. Um, I will say Allison, seven saves. Monster game from him for Liverpool. For real. Nunez coming in clutch. The super sub came through. Before last season started, we had stated that it could take him a full year to get used to this. Yeah. To the physicality of the Premier League. It it is it there are fast players in the league. Maybe not as fast as, you know, other leagues. But there's still good speed on defense. Definitely physical. There was a language barrier he had he has to overcome. Because he understood Klopp on Saturday or exactly. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, he very famously did not know English when he came here last or when he came to the Premier League last season. But on this weekend, he scored twice. Last season, he had nine goals. This season, he already has two. <laughs> already on pace to beat last season, which is great. Uh, this could be a, a sign of good things to come for the Uruguayan. I think his skill level is amazing. He is very good. Very when he good. is on his game, one of the best strikers in the Premier League. It's just a matter of, is he going to be consistent for this team? Yeah. I mean, I know that he was, I think, I think he came from, what was it? Benfica. Um, yes. I know he was like their top scorer there and was very consistent. He had like Obviously, 20 goals or something. Yeah. It was a, a very like high amount. Obviously the Premier League is very, very different than, the Portuguese league. Um, but if he could be as con- like, if he could be consistent, I think he could rival Holland for like, for goals at the end of the season. He'll be up there for conversation. Probably more so battling with like Salah. Yeah. Unless Salah moves to Saudi. Yeah. Those rumors are starting to get very heavy and intense. Uh, friends, for all of you who don't know, uh, Saudi, the Saudi league is buying up every single player that they can. And <laughs> Mo Salah is the newest player linked to them. And it actually going to the Saudi league makes a lot of sense for him. He is a Muslim player. And so he would be a bit more, um, I guess you could say closer to his culture on a daily basis. Did you see how much money he'd be making? He's making over a million dollars a week over there. Yeah, it was like a $150 million deal, and he'd be making like Neymar, Ronaldo money. Yes, he'd be, Saudi is giving so much money to all their players. It, I think if Salah leaves, Liverpool is done. I mean, to be fair, he's only scored like one goal this season so far. So We're three games in. <laughs> and you're already saying they're done if he's gone. <laughs> I, I really I don't think they're going to make top four if he's if he, I mean, if he's, he leaves, he's a very big goal scorer for them. Yes. I think if he leaves, they don't make top four. And for Liverpool standards, they're done. Probably. Yeah, you're probably right. I really, this was an exciting match. Uh, Klopp just knows how to beat Newcastle. He literally knows how to beat Newcastle, but also Newcastle should have. They should have done better. Oh my God. They, they could have scored more than once when they were up a man and they should not have let them even get close to coming back. They have had one of the tightest defenses we know of. Last I think season. they hit like, the post the like 8,000 times. They did. Almiron hit the post so many times. Yeah. And Allison made friend. so many good saves. Yeah. And Allison is still not as good as Vanille Neuer. Well, <laughs> not the current Neuer. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't have much more for this. I still think, I believe I still I had Liverpool making top four at the end of the season. I think you did, yeah. Uh, this is only helping my case. <laughs> it, we're three games in. Chill. 
United is not helping my case for the arguments. Wait, wait, what? Well, I have them in my top four as well, but the way they're playing, it 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 could, it could be a shit show. Yo, we are one point behind Liverpool right now. Chill, <laughs> chill. Yes. Do you have anything else to add about either of these teams? I do not. All right. Well, um, I would like to say that there was one match we did not talk about. Chelsea Luton. We did not. Did you purposely skip them on this outline or? They're on mine. Uh, They're not on mine. They are also. Oh, that's because I probably added them on (laughs) and didn't even realize. All right. Right. Point, moral of the story for I Chelsea, over really Raheem quickly. Sterling was an absolute god, came straight from Mount Olympus to he rip was. apart the poor local YMCA boys and girls club yeah, they, team. They, he ripped apart Luton down. It's not a big It's not a big achievement. He ripped apart boys and girls club FC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep picking a local orga- organization every single week for this club. I hope you start picking... Richmond organizations. We'll see. It's a long season. It is. We're only three games in. We are only three games in. Do you have anything else you really want to add about them? I mean, just the fact that they only, they played Luton. People are getting their like panties in a bunch that like Chelsea finally win a game, but like it's it was against Luton. Yeah, sure, it was Poch's first win. Good for him. Let's see what they can do against a big team. One hundred percent agree with you. All right, friends. Well, with that, we are done with another episode of Inside the Grounds. Uh, please, as always, follow us on social, all social media. Uh, if you could rate, like, subscribe to literally everything. Pass please. it on to your friends. Pass it on to your friends. Do your friends need teams? We're still doing that. We can help them. We can help. We we get we get requests, you know, like monthly about someone new. Almost daily. Almost almost minute by minute. Yeah, we have. They're just flooding in. We 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 don't know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thank you as always for being here with us. Uh, we very much appreciate it. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye, friends. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.